Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of the Spurs News Podcast. I'm Sam, and this week, I'm joined by my good friend, Matt. How you doing, mate? Good, mate. Good to be back. Yeah, yeah, I bet. You're like chomping at the bit right now. <laughs> Just a bit, yeah. You, you have things you wish to unleash. Oh, so many. <laughs> well, well, that's good. Oh, I'm pleased. Uh, so you didn't enjoy your week off then? Do you know what? It's it's really funny because it's you and Dan have done it a couple of times, haven't you? And, yep. and I obviously listen afterwards. And it's so strange because, I mean, I'm quite a big podcast fan myself and yeah. I like listening to podcasts and it's kind of nice to listen without having to listen to my own voice, you know, and not knowing yeah. what the content's going to be. So, yeah, it was well, really cool. Yeah, well, well, that's good. I mean, yeah, me and Dan do just tend to ramble on, to be honest with you. I know, but, it's good. Um, <laughs> me and you, typically, we have, uh, despite what people might think from our rambled podcast, we do tend to try and have a bit of a running order. We, we do try. Tend, <laughs> we do tend to sort of go, roughly, we want to chat about this, we want to chat about that, and then we're going to talk about this, and we do try and structure it. This week, I've completely thrown it, because I think there's just so much stuff, uh, random stuff to talk about. I just Definitely. want to kind of just dive straight into things. Absolutely. Um, I do know you have a Matt stat. Yes. Um, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to have a chat about one thing first, and then I think it's going to lead into the Matt stats, because I know, I know your theme. Okay, no so worries. so let, let, I want to open up the podcast first of all. I, I we've talked about it a few times, and I, I want to kind of talk about it again because I think it's an issue that needs to keep being talked about. We run a Facebook page. Anyone listening to this will probably know that it's facebook.com/slash Spurs News. The Facebook page is now over fifty-five thousand people. A uh, big thank you to everyone who ever likes and interacts on the page. We really appreciate it. I know I debate things with people on there a lot, and and sometimes we don't always agree, but that's fine. You know, that's part of discussions and stuff like that. That's absolutely fine. I have no issue with that at all. Everyone has an opinion. Even if I don't agree with your opinion, you express it. No problem. The thing I don't understand, and it's the thing that I'm going to talk about now, is how people can take what is a positive and turn it into a negative. So if you post... Anything at all that's positive relating to Tottenham, for whatever reason, our own fans want to turn it negative. And at 55,000, it is only a few hundred. It is the minority. And as is so often the case in society, sports, anything, it is the minority that kind of ruin it for the majority. But it is becoming really wearing. And I think I can speak on behalf of you, Matt. I hope you don't mind me saying it. Yeah, I can speak on behalf of Dan and Laura. It can become exhausting. Yeah. Constantly agree. talking to people. And people chat about how the official Spurs account, you know, or official accounts for anything, don't interact with fans. Well, I can understand why. Because it would be mentally draining to do it. We it- have such a small scale compared to them. And it is exhausting. <laughs> it, mate, you're spot on. It's it's one. It's actually because I mean I've I've been involved for over a year now, haven't I? You with, have, uh, Spurs yeah. News. It's flown by. I've got to say, That's yeah, flown well, by. Uh, yeah, when you're having fun. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I'm finding that um, 
when you when you get look, it's, the the arguments normally are, normally come down to opinions, don't they? This is my opinion. Yep. This is my opinion. How dare you have that one? How dare you have that one? You know, yeah. it's what it comes down to. But you know what what you were saying about uh, positive positive posts. So we yeah. we put a post on about Harry Kane yeah. uh, being nominated for the Ballon d'Or, which is yep. fantastic news, right? Yep. We none of us are un- under any illusions that he's he's going to win it. Yep. But he's been nominated in the top thirty players. What is is it? Is is the world? Isn't it? It's not you. Yeah, it's it the is. world. Yeah, right? yeah, it's the world. Thirty yeah. top players in the world, right? Yeah. It's quite a big world. Right? So to yeah. be one of the top thirty is not bad. Yep. And obviously Hugo Lloris has been nominated as well. Yep. But I know we we there was a like it's not one of those things where you're expecting everyone to go like you, you're not you're not doing it to get people to go well amazing. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you're not expecting people to go to. Spurs fans, especially, to have this negative reaction back. Well, yeah. he's not going to win it then, and what's the point? You know, what's he done? What's he won? It's it's, it's incredible. Well, this is good news. It, uh, <laughs> I mean, again, we, we talked about it before. We've got we've posted about Harry Kane. We've posted about Hugo Lloris, and it was those two posts I was talking about. Mm. They've both been nominated for the Ballon d'Or award. I don't think either of them are going to win. I think neither of them are even going to make the top three, to be honest with you. But mm. to be nominated is a nice achievement for both of them. That's Absolutely. that's a great thing. Whatever job you do, getting recognition for it is a great thing. If you if you do a job working in a warehouse and you're nominated for an award, you know, employee of the month, anything, it's great to be recognised for the job you do. And these two, this is a fantastic recognition for how well they've performed. Of course. Now... To then get into a debate on Harry Kane, where someone says it's a joke he's been nominated, he's not world class. Not only for that person to say that, and I genuinely replied, uh, because I replied to them simply because I was about to delete and ban them because I just assumed they were a troll from another team. Mm. But no, this is a a Spurs fan uh, who has liked the page for several years. So someone, you know, it's not just like the page today, just have a go at it. This is a Tottenham fan who's been around and interacted with the page for years and has a genuine belief that Harry Kane isn't world class. A couple of seasons ago, I made the argument that you cannot call him world class yet because he hasn't done it at a bigger stage. I said, until you've done it at the Champions League at an international level, I personally, and it is just my opinion, couldn't rate someone as world class yet. In the Premier League, I said he's the best striker or one of the best in the Premier League. But to take that next step to someone being called world-class, for me, he needed to do it in the Champions League. He needed to do it on an international stage. Since then, he's scored something like 10 in 12 Champions League appearances and won the Golden Boot of the World Cup whilst captain in England the first World Cup semi-final in 28 years. And yet he's not world-class. It's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> the really the fact that Tottenham fans are arguing about that, yeah. uh, wh- where is your joy? Where 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 are you deriving fun from football? Is it that your joy in life is being a negative git, and therefore every time you see anything, perhaps the reason they support Tottenham is because we are so often you know nearly nearly there, and they actually mm. enjoy that. Mm. Perhaps it's some sort of perverse sexual thing some of them have got. <laughs> I have no idea, but I just cannot understand it. I, I, but, I, yeah, it's for, for me, it, it, you're right, it's the joy element of it, isn't it? Because, look, I, I know this comes up in various conversations, it comes on various podcasts, the, the trophies and lack of. But at the same time, 
you know, like, and I've said this in previous podcasts as well. You know, I, I, lo- I love supporting Spurs. Like, you know, mm. like I, I know you, you don't want to make extreme comparisons, but when you look at all the football clubs you can support in the country, yeah, it's not a bad one getting Spurs, really, is it? Especially, no. especially the last few years. You know, like some of the like even this season, like beating Man United three 0 Old Trafford. Oh, how, how lucky am I that I'm a Spurs fan and get to watch that, you know? And, and I, I understand, and this really isn't me to, saying that I don't want to win trophies, because I do, I promise I do, and I would desperately, as much as probably every other Spurs fan out there, but that you, you can derive so much joy from supporting a club, and I don't understand why people don't, you know? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I don't want to sort of water down the, the point as well, because you're absolutely right about that, absolutely right. But the fact that people are bringing up, well, what's he won about Harry Kane? And my reply was uh, two Premier League Golden Boots, the World Cup Golden Boot, um, Mm -hmm. Player of the Year Award, Young Player of the Year Award. Oh, yeah, but they're not trophies for the team. Well, no, but this is a nomination for him personally. Yeah. And and I'm like hitting my head against a brick wall, and and the the basic argument I'm getting back, yeah, well, until he's won trophies with a team, you know, he's not world class. I'm sorry, but are you trying to tell me that Toby Alderweireld is crap compared to Wesley Brown, who <laughs> yeah. won five Premier League titles, two <laughs> FA Cups, two League Cups, and two Champions Leagues? No bollocks. <laughs> I'm sorry, utter True. bollocks. Yeah. You cannot tell me that. A squad player who happened to just be a squad player in probably one of the greatest teams to play football for a decade is a better player than Harry Kane because he was his team won those trophies. No, utter shite. Yeah. And it drives me insane. Yeah, you're right. How how can people say that? And not only people, like if it was a West Ham fan saying it, it's funny. Because you look at them and go, oh, bless you. Yeah, bless you. <laughs> you, you really think that? Oh, you're so cute that you're that stupid. But this is Tottenham fans. I've, I've, got, is... to say, I've got to say, though, Sam, I've not many, met many cute West Ham fans, to be fair. Oh, mate, they're delightful. They're, you know, little, you know, snaggle tooth and everything. It's, it's beautiful. I love them. You just want to ruffle their hair. I, no, I, I, I'm, I'm sick to death of it. I, yeah. I really am. I... I, I I try and be as laid back and as chilled out and stuff as possible, but I cannot understand if you... And the other thing, right, here's the next thing. Let's say I'm on my Facebook page and I follow several pages, uh, Tottenham pages, different things that I'm interested in. If I see a post on one of those pages and I see it and I think, oh, okay, that's not interesting to me, I have this amazing ability as a human adult to scroll past it. Yeah. It's it's like a gift that's obviously been bestowed on me and only me. Because apparently, other people, if they see something that doesn't interest them, they feel the need they have to comment on it. Yeah. So, I... uh, uh, sorry, mate, I've got to finish this rant while, while I've got on, it in my head. So, so, in essence, we post about also We post about academy teams, we post about the ladies, we post about everything to do with Tottenham Hotspur. And I understand that that's going to interest some people and not others. Some people are going to be interested in stadium updates more than they are the academy team. Some people are going to care more about the academy than they are the men's team. Some people are going to care more about the ladies' team. We've seen a massive upsurge in actual women joining our page recently because we're talking about Spurs ladies. I love that. Mm. Uh, That's great. That's brilliant. And they are commenting on the post. They're interacting on every post. It's fantastic. But I'm also seeing, if we post about the stadium, who cares? Well, Mm. other people do. That's Mm. why. You would not... What is this thing with it? You would not... It's the equivalent, right, of walking into a town centre 
looking at the notice board, seeing someone advertising karate lessons, ringing them and going, I don't care about that. <laughs> what moron does that? Well, do you know, you know, I'm, energy I'm thinking of, you, you, again, you're walking along the high street, uh, yeah. you're a middle-aged person, you haven't got any children, yeah. and you walk past Mothercare, and yeah. instead of just walking past Mothercare, you go in, open the door, go, why yeah. is this shop here? Yeah. I don't need you. Yeah, I don't need you, so <laughs> I don't care. So anyway, look, that, that's my rant. I'm, I'm kind of, I, I, I'm gonna maybe have a beer or something whilst you. I do Matt stats because I, <laughs> I had to get it off my chest. That's that's been eating at me for like a week basically. And it's and what what is wearing is as Tottenham fans, the, the team aren't playing that well yet this season. We all know that, but we are picking up wins. We are actually still in amongst everything. We all know we can play a lot better, and we're all kind of hoping that it's going to click, and you know it's going to be great. And we got the stadium right around the corner, which we're going to talk about more later. We got all of these things, and we're kind of in this weird place at the moment. And I understand that. So when there is a positive, Hugo and Harry getting nominated for the Ballon d'Or, let's grasp it. Let's not, yeah. you know, crap on it because we've all been through. You know, the vast majority of us lived through the nineties, where. The odds of one of our players... You know, Jason Dezel was never nominated for the Ballon d'Or, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I realise that's going to shock everybody. <laughs> that, that, when, the, the when, sentence... we signed, when we signed Moussa Saib for a club cracking three and a bit million, the man who could pass the ball and make it land on a 50 pence, but if you asked him to run, fell over pretty bloody quick. We, It's just like a different world, and... I cannot understand it just hitting my head against a brick wall all the time of just enjoy the good times, be annoyed when there's bad times, but why just be constantly angry? Why just be yeah. constantly miserable? Because if supporting Tottenham Hotspur genuinely makes you miserable every single day and you're angry every single day, maybe, and this is just a suggestion... Maybe football's not for you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's time to find a new hobby. And I'm not doing that annoying, well, go support someone else thing. I know, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if something genuinely makes you miserable, it's time for a divorce. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's I, time to yeah. go, me and you aren't working out, football. Um, I'm going to go and watch golf for a while. I'm maybe going to fall around with rugby. I might even go on a few dates with snooker. <laughs> But it's time we take a break. Because if you're unhappy, you've got no joy from it, what the hell are you doing? No, I agree with you. I, I just want to say, by the way, Sam, I, yes. I think you deserve a medal for getting the word Jason Dezel and Ballon d'Or in one sentence. That's Thank quite you. impressive. <laughs> yes, I, I think so. And, and the funniest thing at the moment is Jason Dezel's son playing for Ipswich. We yes. are scouting. Awesome. Yes, top-notch secret, everybody, which I wouldn't... I'm fairly confident when I told you that the other day, I followed it with, which I'm not supposed to tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, screw it. This podcast will self-destruct in two days. Yeah, yeah, everybody listening, keep that to yourselves. Um, (laughs) Yeah, oh, whoops. (laughs) Right, let's let's, um, move on quickly. It's time for Matt's stats. And now it's time for Matt's Stats on the Spurs News Podcast. Right, mate. What I thought I'd do is entitle this Matt Stats, You Go a Long Way to Find a Better Keeper. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> do, do you know what? It's a, it's a couple of reasons why I wanted to uh, do some uh, stats on Hugo. Obviously, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier about 
the kind of negativity he got in regards yeah. to being nominated for the, uh, Ballon, the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. The other thing, and I, I'm, I'm seeing it on social media quite a lot, and you know, I, I remember our um, uh, discussions we had when uh, Hugo was uh, Luis was injured, and yeah, it you know the discussions between Gazaniga and Vorm. I'm Where you ha- said Gazaniga was utter shite and Vorm deserved to I, I, keep his place. What, what, I what, what, I ba- what I basically said was there's no evidence to show that Gazaniga is any good. Because there is not- no evidence. Yes, so I'm yes. happy, like 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 an like a, a, a functioning human being, to uh, admit that was wrong. Yeah, he's, he's a good goalkeeper. In it, I'd even go as far as saying that I think he probably belongs as our number two I think he's our number two like, I think on current form I think you're definitely right yeah on current form yeah he's not, he's not the, like you know the, it, all, all he can do is show us all he can do is show us how good he is when he plays and, yeah. and from what we've seen he's been pretty good hasn't he he's like you know he, he's not really put a foot wrong and you know from what we've seen uh, you know playing for Spurs but what what I want, what what I feel like I'm doing, because there are, and again, this all goes down to people's opinions. There are people who have the opinion that Gazaniga should now replace Hugo Lloris as as our number one. G- genuinely, like this is like, yeah. and and listen, everyone's entitled to their to their opinion, aren't they? Everyone's in, you, you're in, if you think that Hugo Lloris, uh, sorry, if you think Gazaniga should replace Hugo Lloris as num- our number one, then yeah. that's that's you're entitled to that impi- opinion. Yeah. But, and this is, I, I thought I'd make a kind of a hypothetical um, situation to kind of feel like how I'm justifying, how I'm bringing up these stats about okay. Hugo Lloris to say that he that he he should be exactly where he is. And this hypothetical situation would be, can you imagine if we fast forward to, uh, let's say, the ja- uh, middle of January, so in the middle yep. of the January transfer window, we've got a 26-year-old Joshua King, right, plays for Bournemouth. I think he's on four Premier League goals at the moment. Yeah. He's now on 15 Premier League goals, okay? He's had a phenomenal three or four last games, banged him yep. in, scored a hat-trick the previous game, okay? Now, we can, we've can we got the option. Levy said, right, I'm, gonna bu- I'm either going to buy him or I'm going to buy Lionel Messi, right, okay? Now, Lionel Messi, in my little hypothetical, not very <laughs> realistic, but hypothetical situation, yep. has announced that he's... he's Play poorly the last three or four games. He's 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 just he's been dire. Like you know, he's he one of he, he he misplaced a pass that cost Barcelona a goal, and also it comes out that you know what he's 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 fed up with Barcelona, and also him and Pochettino are actually quite good mates. And none of us knew this, right? So. Yeah. Did he did Lionel have a few drinks and drive his car home recently? As well? <laughs> but he um so we we find out that um. Uh, Lionel Messi wants to come to Spurs, and part of it is because yeah. he, when he, he came to Wembley, he thought, "What a fantastic team! I want, I want to be part of it." You know, yeah. I want to partner yeah. Harry Kane, brilliant, right? Okay. Now, the, in my little hypothetical situation, I'm going to have to now do my match stats on Lionel Messi to show how much of a better striker he is than Joshua King, right? Now, <laughs> that for me feels like what I'm doing now, trying to explain to people how Hugo Lloris is a better keeper than Gazaniga. <laughs> wow. Okay. So no, no. Listen, that's 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 just my opinion, Sam. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I might be. I might be. There might be a deficiency in my personality that 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 can't see anything past what I'm seeing. Yeah. But as far as I as far as I can see, as far as what I the way I my brain you know looks at things, there is absolutely no reason. There's there's nothing that justifies 
Gazaniga replacing Hugo Lloris as our number one. Okay. It, 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 I find it just ridiculous, <laughs> completely ridiculous. And I'm open to be. I'm open to people giving me opinions that might change my mind or might, you know, maybe think about something differently. But for me, it's Sorry, just. I, I, I'm still stuck on the whole Daniel Levy saying you can have Joshua <laughs> King or Lionel Messi. That's Anybody who supported Tottenham for years know he's already signing Joshua King. <laughs> There's no way, you know, oh, Lionel Messi wanted an extra ten grand a week. I'm not paying that. <laughs> he's got millions. I know. He had that tax bill, but he's he's yeah. fine. Like he can come over. He'd be on the yeah. same as Harry Kane, two hundred grand a week. You so, know? so basically, Lionel's set for life, and he's decided he wants to give back. Like, yes, you know, like exactly. A, yeah. Like a football like com- community program. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> community spirit. Yeah. So, um, so what what I did was uh, I looked into the uh, just this is just a Premier League, just the Premier yeah. League stats of Hugo Lloris, and compared them to some goalkeepers. So. I'm comparing him to Gazaniga and then comparing him to a couple of um, goalkeepers, uh, yeah. prominent Premier League goalkeepers. Okay, so Hugo Lloris has had 210 Premier League appearances. Yeah. Now, in that in those 210 appearances, he's kept 76 clean sheets, which works out one clean sheet every 2.8 games. Okay. Why? Wow. That's actually more than I thought. Yeah, not too bad. Now, he's had 15 errors that have led to a goal in those 210 appearances, okay? Which sounds quite high, doesn't it? Yeah. And it works out one error every 14 games, okay? Now, something to bear in mind when I compare him to other goalkeepers is that in that 210 appearances, he's made 240 sweeper clearances, okay? So, we all know, don't we, that he's a sweeper, he's a plays as yeah. a sweeper goalkeeper. And... As far as my opinion would be that if you are a sweeper goalkeeper, you're more prone to make mistakes that could lead to a goal because you're coming out of your box, aren't you? You're coming out yeah. to clear. So you're, you're, you're exposing yourself more as a goalkeeper as opposed to if you was one that stayed on your line, then you know, you've know you got there's a possibility that, that a defender or, or something could kind of um, could stop the, the ball going in. You know? But you, you're exposing yeah. yourself. You're leaving, leaving the goal open. And I, I don't know how many of those errors are him coming out of his box, but I can imagine there'd be quite a few. Yeah. So, if you compare him to, let's compare him to Gazaniga, okay? So, Gazaniga has made 24 Premier League appearances for us, obviously, for Southampton. He's made one, uh, sorry, he's made, four, he's, in those 24 appearances, four clean sheets. So, that's one clean sheet every six games compared to Larissa's one every 2.8 games. Yeah. He's made 22 sweeper clearances. So, for me, that says that, you know, Pochettino has asked him to play a similar style to Larissa. Now, in those 24 games, he's made six errors that have led to a goal being conceded. So that's one error every four games. So it's a lot. It's, it's so Luis one error every 14 games. Gazaniga one error every four games. So you can see there, Luis makes far less mistakes. Yep. Now, now again, again, the, I'm, I'm hearing people saying to me, "Well, Gazaniga's quite. You know, he's not made many appearances. He might." You know he's obviously improved, and those errors might go away. But yeah. those errors are still on there. So you know, uh, to give you an example, look at David de Gea. David de Gea has made 245 Premier League appearances, and he's made six errors, which is one error every 41 games. So for Gazaniga to get anywhere near David de Gea, he can't have a single error in the next 220 games he plays for him to have anywhere near the same error. Um, ratio as yes. David De Gea which is not going to happen is it no that doesn't no. seem very likely you're right but then when you look at David De Gea's sweeper clearances he's played 245 appearances which is 35 more than Hugo Lloris 
he's only made 77 sweeper clearances. Yeah. Hugo Lloris has made 240, Sam. You know, yeah. that's more than three times the amount. And 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 that and that again makes me makes me, you know, form the opinion that being a sweeper keeper makes you more prone to errors, you know? So Lloris has been getting a lot of slack recently for his um, you know, for making mistakes. He's going to be more prone to them, isn't he? You know, with you, with with his style. Yeah, no, no, you are you are right in that effect. There, you you mentioned he's made fifteen errors leading to goals. Mm-hmm. Um, do you? And you might not know this from the stats, but do you know if they are? So, for example, I, I read that he'd made ten in the last year. Right. I, so that well, that would suggest yeah. that when he first arrived, he was less error prone than he is now. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know the stat on it, but then, then when, when you, when you look at it, then uh, Sam, that way, if we're talking about Gazaniga who's made six already, in, yeah. you know, in his oh, oh, sorry, it's, no, it's, don't, don't get me wrong, I am not even. There, there's no debate. Lloris is number one, not Gazaniga. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, um, my, my point on that generally was I said on the podcast last week with Dan, and a few people picked up on me saying it and kind of nudged me about it, uh, which is. When does a keeper making an uncharacteristic mistake become a characteristic mistake? So, mm. how many of these mistakes do we expect before it becomes actually this is the way we're asking him to play, or perhaps his age now, perhaps he's become a yard slower? I don't know. And then this is just wild speculation. Look, goal- goalkeepers are in a horrible situation. They make a mistake in a game and lose the ball, it's a goal, you know? Mm. <laughs> or they, mm. Um, a midfielder does it nine times out of ten, nothing happens. A striker does it, nothing ever happens. A defender does it. Sometimes it's a goal. Sometimes the keeper saves their backside. A uh, goalkeeper, you know, they've conceded. It's it's a tough life. You're the last line of defence, basically, aren't you? <clears throat> You're yeah. exactly that. So it's it's difficult. Now, fr- from my point of view, um, when I'm when I'm sort of looking at this and when I'm sort of thinking about it, I. I, I, my only issue really with Larice at the moment, you're forgetting the off-field stuff, which I have a lot of issues with, but I'm just going to park that. Is he genuinely does seem uh, like his concentration isn't as sharp as it was two years ago? Now that could be just the system and everything that we're playing. Um, it, well, you know, there's some multiple things, and that, and that is just something I've picked up. Um, your stats would suggest to me that that's a perception that's wrong. Um, but but it's interesting, and and perhaps this is something mean you can revisit as the season wears on because he has just come back from an injury. He has had the off field stuff, which is bound to have a mental effect on him. Mm. So perhaps in a couple of months' time, we look at it again and and, and we see yeah. where we are. No, I agree, and, and you know, like, you know, you know that I'm, you know, I, I get to go to most games as a season you ticket do, holder, yeah. and and I when I watch because um, I'm behind the goal for the first half. And there, there are, you know, we we play from the back, don't we? That's Pochettino's style, yeah. like you know, we we don't. Uh, I, I wish I'd written the, the stat down, but there was when you look at the amount of throws and um, compared to goal kicks that Lloris does, it's it's you know, it's no, it's completely skewed yeah. because he he doesn't goal kick, uh, doesn't kick from from goal no. as far as much as he throws because it's all been sort of taken out from the back. But there is that kind of because we we play you know we play from the back and we play so deep and a lot of teams have obviously clocked onto that so so they they pressure us from the back and there yeah. are there are moments when you you're literally your heart's in your mouth you're like yeah don't, don't, what are you doing like you know one 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 
one mistake here, one sort of lack of control, yeah. and the, the, you know they're in. The team are in basically. You know, um, and Barcelona did that to us. Yeah. And, and the yeah, best right. teams will. Yeah, of course they will. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's our style, and I, I don't. Obviously, Pochettino trusts uh, Lloris to, to play in that style, but I think it makes him. I, I, I think it's one of these things where you could put any any keeper that can play that style, any keeper in the world, is going to be more prone to making mistakes like this playing in the system that Lloris well, does. Well, here, here's a debate for you then. Is it that our manager has a system and a way he wants to play and he's just hoping the players can do it because they're the players he's got? If you think about uh, Guardiola does a similar thing. When he mm. came into Manchester City, his first season, it was hilarious they're defending yeah. because he had players and a goalkeeper who couldn't play that system at all. And they, you know, they finished, uh, you know, they did okay, but they didn't challenge for anything that season. They spent serious money getting the players he wanted who could play his system. They walked the league last year. Well, I mean, Liverpool, you're under Jurgen Klopp, exact same thing. Goalkeeper, he couldn't rely on to do it. This year, he's got one that can. They've improved massively. Do you think it's a case that if Pochettino wants to play this system, he is going to have to look at replacing Lloris. Not, not saying with Gazaniga, I'm saying just if this is how we want to play. Because for everything that Lloris is brilliant at, one of the things I have always said is his distribution's poor. And I used to say, if only we could put Paul Robinson's boot on him, you know, where Paul Robinson used to drill it 40 yards and land at people's feet. You know? mm, yeah, or, sure. or better yet, lob a keeper from, you know, 180 yards. You know, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was one thing I've always been critical of. And now we are doing this game where he is constantly being asked to pick a pass. And you see, I watched the other day uh, Manchester City versus Liverpool. And I watched the Manchester City keeper about to take a goal kick. He's got his four defenders around the edge of his box lined up, and there are four Liverpool players man-marking them. So what he did was he just clipped the ball into midfield straight to one of their midfielders. So Mm. he just kicked it over the press. I never see Lloris do that and us retain the ball. If he ever does kick long, it's a, a challenge for the ball in the air and kind of a hopefully we might win the second ball. And that... If that this is how we want to play, and this is you know this Pochettino said right, this is the blueprint, this is it. We're not varying from it. There could be an argument to say that perhaps Lloris needs to be replaced simply because it does he doesn't fit that blueprint. Yeah, I, I do I do get your point, but you know you have to bear in mind that he's been he has been playing under Pochettino for a while, hasn't he? And yeah. so he's he's learned to play the style he has, you know. So I mean, but I, as I, you I, said, it's still heart and mouth stuff. Yeah, you know? but then. But then, it, it, it's 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 heart and mouth. Whoever's in goal, I think you know it, it's it, you know I, I don't like I say he's he's made fifteen errors, which yeah. is one in every fourteen games. It's not one it's not one error every two or three games. You know it's very rare that he makes these errors. So in the thirteen other games, he's he's playing in exactly the same style and he's not making any errors. You know so yeah, I, okay. I, I, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you an, I'll give you another example. I've, 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 so I basically uh, put the stats of Hugo Gazaniga, David De Gea, and I looked at Peter Checks as well. Yeah. Now, my title of my my um, my, my my stats is Hugo a long way to find a better keeper. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you haven't got to go that f- much further to find one that's probably as good as in Peter Check. Um, yeah. I hate to say it, I don't want to be lord in Peter Check, you know, but I just look at his stats; they are impressive, you know. He, he's um. 
He's played four. He's played in the Premier League 443 times, 202 clean sheets, which is one clean sheet every 2.2 games, which is phenomenal, isn't it, for a goalkeeper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he's he's made 24 errors, so it's one error every 18 games. Uh, Hugo's is one error every 14 games, so he's he's better with that. But then he's made 207 sweeper clearances in that 400 games. So that's that's less than one a game. Yeah. As opposed to Hugo's 240 in 210 games, but we, we obviously we know that Peter Cech's not that kind of, and you know, Peter Cech's not that kind of player, isn't he? He doesn't sort of come out of his box as much as Hugo, you know. Yeah. But here I'm here I'm looking at, you know, when you look at the stats of Hugo and you compare him to David De Gea and Peter Cech, that come on, that they're if you're going to be in company, you're going to be in company with them too, aren't you? You know, and he's yeah. more than more than punching his way there, you know, and. and I, what I wanted to do when because when I the, when I first thought about doing this um, uh, doing these stats I wanted to talk about some of the saves he's made but it can be very anecdotal can't it talking about <laughs> like you yeah. can say oh I saw him pull off this fantastic save and I guess if you you can do a YouTube video of most goalkeepers can't you and kind oh, of go oh yeah any player you can make them look amazing yeah exactly I remember seeing a video for a uh... Roberto Soldado it made me think we were going to win the league <laughs> oh, God, blimey, that did not twice, work out <laughs> yeah, my, my £10 on him being top goal scorer did not ever yield me any results no, you didn't see much of that £10 at the end of the season mate, did no, you? no I might as well have burned it yeah. but there's a, there's, a, there's a couple of and I'll give you a, a, a stat about a save which I think is quite fascinating but before I do I just want to give you a, a couple of anecdotal uh, um, saves stories on saves, you know. Now yeah, the one, yeah. I, one, one I remember was last season when I was watching us play Liverpool at Wembley, and um, we won the game. Was it four one? Wasn't it? Yeah, it was a great game. But uh, Coutinho curled this ball, and you might, you probably remember it when he curled the ball. I think it was just outside the box to Larice's right, and I was behind that goal. I'm, I'm only 17 rows back from that goal. And I was like, right, that's it, they've scored. And this hand appeared out of nowhere. Gen- genuinely, that's how it, in my memory, that's how it was. How he saved it was phenomenal. It was like, it, it wasn't, it didn't feel human. Like, you know, it was just a, such a phenomenal save that I w- my jaw was like hanging, watching it, you know? Yeah. And w- talking about that YouTube video uh, I watched, so but basically just typed in Hugo Lloris saves in YouTube and the first one come up and it basically a six-minute video of some of his saves. The first one is... Um, it's a, it's a save against uh, a West Brom player, James Morrison. And, and yeah. again, he's curling. I don't know if you remember, he's curling it. Now, Larice say it's a similar save to the Coutinho one, but then the the the, the camera goes to a Morrison and he's just standing there with his eyes wide, like, how did he save that? <laughs> you know, that that was that was in. Like, I don't, yeah. like, it was a face of shock. It was like, you know, when people see something incredible, like a plane crash or something, and they've just got that, oh my God, what have I just seen? That yeah, was the look on his face. That. You know, <laughs> it was incredible, and that and that for me sums up Larice's ability. But the, I've got a stat that will scientifically show you how good the, Hugo Larice is. So two seasons ago, we played um, uh, Monaco in the Champions League, and yep. it, unfortunately, it was the game that they knocked us out uh, when, when, when they yep. beat us two one. So I don't <laughs> want to dwell on that too much, but I nope. will dwell. I, I will dwell on Larice's performance because he had an outstanding. I know he conceded a couple of goals, but he pulled off some outstanding saves that game. Now there was one particular save. So it was, um, is it Glick Camille Glick who played for Monaco? Am I pronouncing uh, that right? I, I, Glick, I'd Glick. take your word for it, right. Me and pronunciations yeah. and <laughs> So he he uh, Louise pulled off a save from this Camille Glick. Now the he the, the, the Glick took the shot from six yards out, right? So he's six yards from goal, 
and he rifles in the shot at full, at clocks it at 41 miles per hour. Okay. Yeah. Now, Larice reacted within 300 milliseconds. Now, to give you some context, how quick that is, that's faster than you can click a computer mouse. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the average. Uh, the average human reacts to a visual st- uh, stimulation uh, stimulus in 0.25 seconds. Okay, so yeah. you see something, you react to it in 0.25 seconds. The time it took to leave, uh, the, 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 the time between when it left Glick's foot to touching Larice's hand was less than 0.1 of a second. Wow, he's, he's, he's superhuman, isn't he? Well, you've got me convinced. Yeah, uh, yeah. Larice forever. Nobody else ever. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm great. Uh, mate, uh, one of the things I want to move on to, if you're happy, cool, is because it's something that's going to possibly be a bit of a strange thing to talk about. Since we've known each other, so it's been over a year, what would you say, uh, politely, has been my opinion of Danny Rose? Uh, you've, you've not been his biggest fan is that a polite way of putting it <laughs> that is a polite way of putting it so so let me add some context to this uh, Spurs signed Danny Rhodes from Leeds United I follow youth football a lot I was really excited a young lad he was a winger uh, incredibly exciting I thought was a perfect winger to bring in we got Aaron Lennon on one wing um, also from Leeds United this was going to be great he was lightning uh, he made his debut against Arsenal scored a volley which was just amazing and I, I was just a massive fan. Um, really, really I was. He went on loan, got converted into a left back and I watched him on loan a lot and I just kept watching thinking in a better team he will look a much better player. He has got the pace that he can get himself out of trouble. He's got the footballing school skills to beat people. He, he had every attribute you'd want from an attacking fullback. I was a massive fan. Uh, not many people were. When he came back to us, you got to keep in mind that we as a club were going through managers like nobody's business. Mm. Uh, new managers, new idea, uh, adapt. Oh, look, new manager, new idea, adapt. And he was kind of caught up in all of that fun and frolics. Um, one of the first things Pock did upon arriving was sign a new left back. People cheered that. But also one of the first things he did is he handed Danny a five-year contract. The reaction online to that was awful. So much so that Danny Rose deleted his social media because the way Tottenham fans abused him. Okay, so let's let's put that into context. That's mm. he deleted his social media because of the way Tottenham fans treated him. So let's let's put that out there. I was still a massive fan. Yeah, he was making mistakes, but I could see the player there. We had a couple of seasons of Danny and probably Carl it right back where we had the two best fullbacks in Europe. Mm. Without question, they were phenomenal. The the two of them were dynamic. They were up and down every game they played. They were just awesome. And uh, we brought Trippier in, and we had Davis and Trippier were very much the second choice fullbacks at the club. Were were more defensive minded, and these two were just great. And it was a joy to watch the two of them, but Danny especially. The reason why then, after I've just said all of that and talking about how much of a big fan I am. I, in most recent times, had a problem with him. It was purely and simply the Sun interview. For me, it felt like a massive slap in the face to someone who has been such a massive fan and supporter of his to read that in the Sun and him just disrespect the club so massively. Uh, A lot of people agreed with the stuff he said, and these are the same people who come on are negative and are also possibly the same people who were ripping him apart and the reason he had to delete his social media. 
But regardless, he said some stuff in that interview which he should never have said. Any professional person in any job would lose their job if they went to a national newspaper and slammed their employers. Hell, you'd lose your job nowadays if you go on Facebook and slam your employer on your personal Facebook. So it was just so wrong on every level. Unprofessional, everything about it, and it annoyed me. He went to the sun, you know? Oh, don't, just, you that's, just That's as much awful. of a swear word as Arsenal on his podcast. Isn't it? it is. It's just... <laughs> and, and it was deliberate. It was calculated. It was designed to aggravate everybody. Pochettino, who he described as a father figure 12 months earlier, he was now saying didn't have that much of an impact on his career. What a load of crap. Mm. So as you can tell, even by the way I'm talking about it now, aggravated me yesterday then. So to bring the why I'm bringing this up now, um, I read uh, an interview with Danny, and it's the second interview along this same theme that I've read. And he said something in this interview which has made me try to stop for a moment. If you don't mind, I'm just going to read this as a direct quote from him. Yesterday was Mental Health Awareness Day around the world. Uh, Every major social media account, you couldn't have gone anywhere without seeing hashtag mental health this or hashtag mental health that. And because of that, Danny again spoke up about it. And one of the things Danny points out is that he uh, he is actually now diagnosed as clinically depressed. He is battling depression, and he rattles off, uh, you know, various reasons, things that happened. Obviously, his his injury and his uncle killing himself. Uh, but one of the things he says here is during this time. So this is the time he went and did the Sun interview. I was getting very angry, very easily. I didn't want to go into work or do my rehab. I was snapping when I got home. I was angry all the time. Friends were asking me to go and do things and I wouldn't go. All I wanted to do is go home and go to bed. Now, anyone who's ever had any form of mental illness problem themselves or a family member or a loved one, anyone at all, can possibly read that and just really feel it because it is such a powerful thing. And I don't know whether perhaps I just hadn't put it in, put it all together, but all of a sudden... Uh, I just completely... All of the anger over that Sun interview left me. And my anger towards the Sun remains because they took advantage of someone who was struggling and exploited it for clicks, for sales, and everything like that. But that's just what they do. But for Danny... Danny's never really apologised for the interview, and I think that's just his nature. I think that me now, as a fan of his, I can 100% move on from it, and I feel bad... And I hope he's okay. If he goes on to leave the club in the summer, which I still think is a very good chance he might, uh, my whole thing has changed. I, you know, I, I completely just just reading that yesterday, and realizing in what a terrible place he must have been mentally, and looking at it from a different point of view, which is always so important to do with anything. Uh, you know, my my anger subsided, shall we say? He he is forgiven in my mind. <laughs> and... Yeah, no, I, I I see exactly where you're coming from, and you're right. You know, and you, you know, I'm luckily me personally. I mean, uh, it, you know, when it comes to your mental health, no, I, I challenge anybody not to have anything that you know they they don't have. Like everyone suffers a little bit from anxiety and things like that, or you know, or depression to one extent or the other, but. You know, thankfully, I've never had to the, to the extent where I've not wanted to get out of bed every morning. But so I can't 
I can't understand what he was going through, but I can also try to empathise and kind of, you know, I can probably see where where he was coming from, you know. And I, I was just, I was the same. I I, um, I I didn't agree with what he did. I I've not held a, as much as a grudge as, as you did, obviously before you realise what happened. Yeah. And for me, for, for me with him, the problem I've that sorry the the reason why I've not had so much of a problem with him is whenever he's been whenever he's played for us, he's always given it his all. I've never watched Danny Rose and thought, oh, for God's sake, just pull your socks up and can you can you get stuck in, please? He's, he's yeah. always he's always giving it all. He's all for us, you know. And even you know, like you say, there's a possibility he might be gone in the summer. So there's every reason why he could just be kind of just relaxing a little bit because he's you yeah. know, what, what if I'm going? But he, you watch him now and he's like, like always. He's always the one you just don't hear shut up the whole way through the game. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And and for me, that's why I, I, I I'll never and. Obviously, the, the goal against Arsenal, he just there was a bit of Danny Rose that was written on my heart when he scored that goal. But I, I, I just as long as he's always given it for given a hundred percent for Spurs, which he has done, then for me that's that's fine. Because I mean, we, yeah. we're, at the end of the day, we, we, we're supporting the club, aren't we? You know, and yeah. we, we, we want the team to do well. You know, and uh, thankfully, it's, it sounds it's well, it sounds like he's now he's he's been diagnosed. Hopefully, he's gonna yeah, you know, be I mean, able to get he's, get he's get himself sorted. It. You know. Yeah, he's talking about it. people are helping him, people around him are now more aware. I think the club are now more aware, and I hope that the club and everyone with him are able to move forward. Uh, yeah. I'd like him to stay. I'd like him to have his I would. career with us. Um, mm, I would. Honestly, I'd, and I'd like the club to do that on the basis of he's a great player, but also we need to look after each other. Mm. So, so there we go. That, that's my Dr. Phil moment. <laughs> Um, uh, moving on from that because people think I've gone soft I, I, we've got a load of fan stuff which I want to chat through loads of stuff from the Facebook page uh, we had a message as well uh, from Marty who, and I want to chat about that just a few quick fire things okay mm-hmm. um, five aside teams one of our devoted listeners has been asking me about this for ages <laughs> and Dan and Laura were chatting about it in our group chat yesterday, but I don't think either of them nailed their teams yet. Um, have you nailed down your team yet? I, I've, I'm on two minds. I'm kind of like, I've got a really skillful looking team on one hand, and then I've got a real leg breakers team on the other <laughs> hand. You know, I've I got Mackay and Blanche Flower with Bobby Smith up front ready to just stamp God, yeah. on everybody. Just uh, destroy the other team. <laughs> yeah, with, with Edgar Davids in there in his prime just kicking lumps out of everybody. So, yeah, I'm 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 kind of torn between the two. So I haven't finalised my team yet. What about you? Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say what I think my team would be. Okay, go right. So it. I'd have definitely have Big Eric in in goal. Torchfed. Like yeah, big Eric Torsfed. Yeah, I yes. love watching him. You know, it's such yep. a man mountain as well. And they're smaller the goals there, aren't they? Five aside, so nothing's going to yep. get past him. Nope. <laughs> and then uh, King at the back, um, and then Hoddle, the the playmaker, making it all tick. And then uh, Klinsman and Kane up front. That'd be my five. Wow. Yeah, wow. they'll beat anyone, won't they? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Well, not my team. Your team would have their legs broken in a few minutes. But yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm going to keep working on mine. So no worries, we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, 
Our under-21 side, uh, captained by Oliver Skip, who turned 18 in September, by the way, but was captain in the under-21 side, went to Gillingham in the Checker Trade Trophy. Uh, the Checker Trade Trophy, uh, which is the FA Trophy, is a tournament that now that uh, sides with top academies, rated academies, can enter an under-21s team in now. Um, it's been happening for about two to three seasons. Uh, yeah, three seasons, and this is the second season we've entered a team. It's at the group stage still, and our side went there and won four uh, nil. Absolutely smashed Gillingham. Um, so yeah, that was. It's great for those players because they're playing in proper competitive games in the English league. And uh, Skip was skipper for the evening. Boom, boom, boom. And yeah, we won four uh, nil. Anyone who's listened to the podcast from the start knows that Oliver Skip is the player that I've been banging on about for ages. Made the bench for Barcelona and Cardiff. Yeah, he's going to be some player, I think, isn't he? He, he really is. Um, yeah. The under-18s are undefeated so far um, this season. And i got to be honest with you, there are some kids in there until this season started. We're obviously in the lower echelons of the academy. And now I'm watching them. And there are some really exciting players in that squad. Just from defenders, midfielders, strikers. They are just exciting prospects. So... Uh, I can't talk about how yeah how impressed I am with them so far, but yeah, under 18s are undefeated. Um, the new stadium then. So this is uh, I think there's a few fan questions on it as well, so I won't dwell too long. But the new stadium, there is a rumor, a strong rumor. There's going to be an announcement very soon. Now this strong rumor uh, has been added to with a Daily Telegraph report today, claiming exclusive. That the Burnley game on December 15th is going to be our first game at the stadium. Okay? Yep. Alright, so that that's from the Telegraph. Um, now, whether that's true or not, we don't know yet. One of the things I would say is the Telegraph reported that this morning. And as of an hour ago as we record this, so around noon today on the 11th of October... The club announced that the season ticket packs are being sent out. I got my email today, yeah. Yeah, read into that what you will, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, but it would certainly appear that things are moving forward. Now, yes. there are, there are going to be test events. We, there has to be for certain sign-offs. Um, I believe there is an under-23 game was originally going to be a test event, and I think they'll do that again. There is a game on Friday the 7th of December, so that's a week before that Burnley game that the Telegraph claim is the target date, and it's a Friday the 7th of December versus Everton. Uh, At the moment it's scheduled to be played at our training ground. I wouldn't be surprised if that is possibly going to become a test event. Yeah, that sounds... uh... That sounds very probable, doesn't it? It's like a, it it, a week before, so yeah, you can see yeah. that, can't you? Yeah, yeah. The, the kind of you know the kind of final checks and everything. Yeah, and sure. I think the capacity for that would be like thirty odd, forty thousand. So yeah, it'd be wonderful experience for the under twenty threes. God, just a bit. I, yeah, I can guarantee we'll be there. Um, so now let us move on now to the questions from our Facebook page. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. You ready for this? Because we got some crackers to chat through today. Let's get through them. 
Right then, my friend. Uh, we will start with a question from Glenn Cottle. Now, Glenn says, uh, season ticket holders who have been who have gained points through the season, then at the beginning of the new season, they take the points away. I asked Glenn to clarify this a little bit. Uh, he, tagged in, he tagged in a Brian Cottle. Brian says, I've been a season ticket holder for many years. For the last five years or more, the club have been taking points off me for around 30 to 50 at a time. When I renewed my season ticket this year, I was given 35 points for loyalty. Then they took 47 off me. Why? So for the last four to five years, I could not buy away tickets at any big games, especially London ones. Matt, you are a season ticket holder, my friend. Are you able to answer this query and, yeah, and clarify? Hopefully. I mean, I'm, I'm, this is only my second season as being a season ticket holder. So from a sort of, a, um, you know, an experience point of view, I'm quite, I'm fairly new to it. So yep. I did do a little bit of research. I did actually go onto the uh, the official site to have a look into it. Yeah. Because it's one of those things that I, I find quite interesting. So, yeah, you're right. You get 35 points. You accrue 35 points for your season ticket renewal and I think it's 30 points for your one hotspur membership renewal every season now you also get uh, you get given points accrue points for going to uh, away games and cup games and they've also been giving us one point a game for going to Wembley so that normally if if it was at White Hart Lane you wouldn't get any extra points for going to the game that's on your season ticket. Yeah, of course. Because you're going out your way and going to a different ground, they're giving you an extra point on on top of the, the 30 odd that you gain at the beginning of the season. Wow, that's uncharacteristically generous. Yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, I've actually, <laughs> my, my, my personal, I've actually personally accrued 98, which isn't really that much because no. like, I've only been, never been a season ticket holder for that long. I was a member for a while, but I would go to the old games. But the, the reason why they take away points is because. So what they what they've done is they um, any uh, season ticket holders or members that have been a season ticket holder or member prior to the 2012-2013 season, these are the guys that will see their points drop. Now they they the amount that the amount that it drops is basically dependent on how active you've been in the in the previous four seasons. What 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 they what they're kind of doing, Spurs, is they're saying, look, you could say you've say you've been a season ticket holder for twenty years. Yeah, and for the first ten years at that time, you was you'd religious or not sort of season. Say you're you're a a a, a, a one hotspur member. So yeah. for the first ten years of that twenty years, you was a you went religiously home and away every single yeah. game. You accrued hundreds and hundreds of points. Now for the last five years, you've been to a couple of games in the last five years for whatever reason. You decide I don't fancy going so much. Now you could be sitting on seven, eight, nine hundred points. Just yeah. sitting on them. Now you're a fan that hasn't been going for for five, the last five years. Yeah. Yet you've got enough points to go to whatever game you like. You can go to any away game, any any uh, like Champions League game or anything because you've been yeah. sitting on those points. What they're trying to do is to stop. Uh, they're trying to in, they're trying to basically reward fans who who've been supporting in the last three or four years. It's to basically just to make it a little bit fairer. So you yeah. you, you you can't be. Like I say, you can't be one of these fans that are just sitting on points and just using them whenever you like. It needs to, it, the whole the whole point of the point system is to reward loyalty, isn't it? That's why they call it loyalty yeah. points. So it needs to be there for for fans that are, are making the effort all the time. I mean, I, I I was quite lucky. I mean, I 
I managed to get a ticket for the um, the semi final of the FA Cup. You, you know, I went to the semi final yeah, last yeah. season. I mean, I say lucky. I wasn't lucky after the game, but I was. No. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in hindsight, I wasn't so lucky, but I, I just about scraped through. And the reason why I did is because I, I went to every single cup game, every uh, Carabao Cup game, every FA Cup game. I went to every one. So I I crewed quite a lot of points, and it just got me the over the edge. But to give you a bit of perspective, so I've got ninety eight now. I applied to go to the Huddersfield game recently. Yep. Uh, got declined. The reason being, you need three hundred and fifty six to be able to get a, a ticket to that game. So right. I'm nowhere near that. So I guess what they're saying is that if you're a fan that that hasn't been for the last five years and you're sitting on 800 points they'd be able to go to the Huddersfield game and that wouldn't be fair would it so it's it's to kind oh, it of it's, it's fair to them well yeah but it's, it's not it's not fair to the fa- yeah I guess but it's not fair to the fans that have been for the last last five yeah. years you know the ones that are watching now the ones that are active now you know it, uh, it every every kind of idea and and that has its flaws but I see okay. where they come I see where they're coming from from this yep. and I, I think I personally think it's a fair way of doing it so you you think Brian's an ass for bringing it up? No, no, I, <laughs> I love Brian. I'm, jo- I'm joking. <laughs> uh, Brian, Glenn, hopefully you're listening. Uh, hopefully that explained it a little bit. Now, Brian, if you are as active now as you've ever been, then I'd like to point you towards the trust, Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. I've directed three to four, uh, po- uh, five, five people to them in the last uh, however many months. So this season very similar issues or issues around uh, their ticket renewal all sorts of problems and they've been able to help because they can contact people at the club so if you think what Matt said is applicable to you then yeah to you I can completely understand why it's aggravating but hopefully the explanation does sum up where the club are if however you think well no that's not me because of this then yeah Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust you can find them on Twitter THST uh, look them up and get in touch because they are really great at helping people. So hopefully that was informative, Matt. <laughs> um, now Mark Corder says, realistically, what should we be aiming to achieve each season that would mean it to be a successful season? I really liked this because I think it opens up a great debate on what would you deem to be success. And I think those goalposts move as a club progresses. I think... Uh, in the 90s, a successful season was mid-table and not being dragged into relegation fights. I think in the 2000s and the noughties, trying to get into those European places, uh, you know, qualifying for the UEFA Cup was successful for us. Uh, picking up the League Cup was great. Yeah. I think where we are right now, I think uh, given the stadium and everything like that this season, for me personally... Champions League qualification is a successful season for us. I think with next season, the stadium be embedded in, uh, a whole pre-season without an international tournament with the squad, I think next season, success has to be defined by winning a competition. That's just me. What do you think, Matt? No, I agree with you. Uh, I saw saw a tweet um, a couple of days ago and it said... It was along the lines of um, if you'd have offered a Spurs fan five years ago uh, two points off the top uh, Champions League football the last three or four years uh, and all the other things that we've got, they would have bitten your hand off. But all I'm yeah. seeing is people complain, and it, and it's it's because it's because we've um, 
because we've progressed, haven't we? Like we, you know, we, we, we're qualifying for the Champions League every season now, aren't we? And and you're right. You know, you you look back to when Martin Yole was um, in charge, and we qualify for the Europa League, and I was really happy about that. I was like, oh my yep. God, we're in Europe! Like I can't believe yeah. we're in Europe. This is yeah. something that I normally watch the other clubs do, and we're in Europe. But I won't want to go. I won't want Europa League football next season. You know, and I feel like it's a sign of how much we've progressed. And you're right. Like for me, this season, looking at it in the short term. Yeah, I'd be happy, and I think it'd be a success, especially because it's been such a weird se- like even now we're only, we're only in October, and it still feels like such a weird season. Yeah, you know that sense of feeling homeless is like tenfold over last it's season. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those, and I, and I don't want to go off too much of a point, but yeah. I, I do like I, I've said this to fellow Spurs fans, like it's one of those, it's it's really weird, right? Because I, I genuinely say I don't mean this as a negative. I, I don't, right? You know, I, I'm not, I, I don't. When it comes to Spurs, yeah. I, I, I like being positive. Yeah, yeah. But it feels, it just feels flat. The, the season just feels flat. And I know there'll be people going, well, we're two points off the top. I, I know we are. I know we do. We're flying in the league. You know, we're still in, in the League Cup. You know, and, and I know we've had a couple of disappointments in the Champions League. And we're, we're, this is our best start to a Premier League season, which is amazing. But it just doesn't yeah. feel like it. And, no. and I can't, and I, I've been trying to put my finger on it. And I think that, I think it is a, a, a mixture of, you know the the lack of transfer activity in the summer, and this just uncertainty. Like you know, at least last season we played at Wembley, but you knew that's where we were playing for the entire season. Wembley yeah. was going to be that's our home, that's our home for nineteen games. This season it's just like you just feel this uncertainty. And like you know, we we spoke about it earlier. We're still not sure what what's going to be our first game. And you know, if they if they I think if they came out uh, Spurs and said right. Burn is going to be our first game. I genuinely think that a lot of my kind of weirdness about how I feel about the season would lift. I, I, I think that's what it is. I've kind of come to the realization. I think my sense of homelessness is what's making me feel really weird about this season. Yeah. So going back on point, I think that for me, finishing in the top four would feel like a success. And I agree with you, mate. Next season, yeah, we've got we're in the new ground. We'll hopefully have half a season out, out there. Hopefully, fingers crossed, qualify for the Champions League again. Next thing needs to be a, a trophy of some sort. And I'd even yeah, take the, I'd uh, take the uh, League uh, Cup, mate. I'll take the I League think, Cup. Yeah, I think it has to be. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, David Payne says, if it was just the safety system failure that delayed the opening of the new stadium a month ago, why is there still so much building work going on? A Trevor James adds, I thought the same thing after seeing the pitch was only laid last week. Uh, if you don't mind, mate, I'll take this. Yeah, go I, for I it. I can yeah. answer this quite yeah. well. Uh, basically, the, the schedule works for the stadium. Uh, you Anything you ever do, uh, if you've ever been involved in a house build or anything like that, you do things in a set order. And safety tests come before snagging lists. Because, obviously, if you do a safety test and the safety inspector goes, well, yeah, that's okay, you just need to change this. You don't want to be ripping plaster off the walls to go back and do really wire it. You know, it's going to sound crazy... But that's the reality of it. The opening dates that were set were ambitious dates. Everyone said that right from the start. And the stadium was actually going to open part finished. That was what they said. If you go back and read the press releases now, you'll notice it. A lot of people just in the excitement didn't read it properly. Part finished meant that the external stuff wasn't going to be done. A lot of the areas at the back of the stadium weren't going to be done. A lot of the food places weren't going to be open. And it wasn't until they said probably the end of the season the stadium would actually be fully operational, you know, ready to go. As it's worked out, it's now 
other works have progressed because of the delay. So rather than having, you know, 500 labourers sat around doing nothing because they're waiting for electricians to redo the work, they've moved on to other parts that they can crack on with whilst that's happening. So the schedules and everything's all changed. So that's why the work seemed to have just been carrying on like crazy. Stuff that wasn't going to be finished at the time we play our first game now is. Which is great. And there are some brilliant pictures now being shared of different parts of the stadium that were just not going to be open that now will be. The bit about the, the pitch. The minute the safety inspection failed or they, they realised they had this big problem, the turf arriving was cancelled. So that pitch would have been laid within a few days of that safety inspection being signed off. It got cancelled, rearranged, and now it's been laid. There's nothing more to read into it than that, genuinely. It just, once it failed, everyone was like, holy hell, we need to (laughs) reschedule everything. And that's what happened. Yeah, hopefully that answers. Yeah, hopefully that's answered the question. Um, uh, Patrick Gibson asks, "When does the Tottenham Experiences Stadium tours open?" Uh, Patrick, I tried to find out. No one knows yet. Um, yeah. There's there's so much stuff going on. I don't think it's come up as what's you know what they're classing as a priority yet. But I'm actually interested in that myself. So I'm going to keep an eye on it. When there is some information, I'll drop it on a page. Uh, I think you, yeah, you've liked the page, so I can drop you a message, Patrick, and I will. Um, the next question is from uh, someone whose name I can't pronounce. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ale, it's, it's a little female wicked. <laughs> Ale Tiwa Ma says injury updates and the stadium. The stadium we've discussed, Ale. Um, with regard to injuries, there's no fresh update. Danny Rose withdrew from the England squad today. It's the same groin problem. He's going to be assessed by club doctors. Paul Matthew says, how do you feel about the NFL merchandise in the club shop? How do you feel about NFL merchandise in our club shop? Do you know, it's quite funny. When I, when I read the comment, uh, Sam, I, I'm um, I'm desperate. Honestly, trust me, I'm desperately trying to get into NFL. Oh, really? I, I, can't, I can't. It's one of those things where like, I, I can kind of watch, I genuinely can watch most sports and sit yeah. there. I just, there's something that's just stopping me from watching any more than about 10 minutes of it without me thinking I'm bored beyond tears and switching it off. I don't know if it's just, I need to Google the the rules or something, but there's, some, there's, there's like a mental block at the moment from, yeah. from me getting do, into it, and I really un- want to. Do you understand the fundamentals, what you have to do? I, I, I kind of, I kind okay. of. It's, 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 like a, it's like rugby, isn't it? Or is it like a, no, no, it's, no. I'll tell you what. Because I'm conscious of the time for the recording, we'll, we'll shelve that conversation and I will give you some education. I was exactly the same as you right. until someone said to me, it's like a chess match with violence. Right. Okay. And I kind of looked at them and they went, trust me, and they laid it out to me. And ever since then, I think it's great. But okay. the one thing I will say is I never watch a game live because of the amount of commercials and stoppages <laughs> they put in the American sport. So I record them and then I fast forward through all the crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which makes it a lot faster again. So we'll come back to that. Um, I don't care really, Paul. To be honest with you, they can sell what they want in there as long as the club's making money off it. Is my my honest <laughs> my honest answer to that. Being an NFL fan, obviously, I could whip in there and grab a shirt. Um, so yeah, I I, I don't mind. It really doesn't bother me. I did see a few reactions online with people all high and mighty about it. It's it's what it is. Uh, Patrick Gibson, what and when will the test events be? Patrick, nothing confirmed yet. I did talk about a rumour earlier on. Um, 
but when things are confirmed, we will post them on the page. There is, there is. Um, sorry to interrupt, mate, but there is. If anyone hasn't listened to the uh, Mickey Hazard um, interview yet, that we've, yeah. uh, I can't remember which episode is it, sixteen. Yeah. Whichever one it is, he gives us a little sneak peek into who's who's playing if they have the Legends game uh, as a test event. So he does. If there's anyone that hasn't listened to it yet and wants that little sneak peek, then yeah. listen to it. <laughs> yes, yes, listen, listen. Matt, Matt's on commission for that podcast, so everyone needs to listen to it. Uh, and finally, Robin Powell says, I think the City West Ham doubleheader straight after the international break is critical to a successful season. I know the mo. Whoa, what does that say? I know the mom wed is crap. <laughs> I know the Momwed is crap. Isn't that character is. off Shiro? <laughs> Momwed? Robin, this is either me being unbelievably thick, my friend, or there's a typo from hell in there and I can't work <laughs> out. Uh, do you guys think if our squad gets enough rest over internationals, we'll have enough to not only hit the ground running for City and West Ham, but for the 7 and 21 to come? Uh, it's a big concern, Robin, to be honest with you. Um... Harry Kane in an interview today says he wants to start both games for England because it's England, he's captain, he wants to play every game. Uh, I personally prefer him to be in bubble wrap somewhere. I It's, it's ridiculous, it's difficult because uh, there's international players for other teams as well, obviously, but the squad that Manchester City have, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches, so... I don't know. I I hope. I hope the fact it's Man City is enough that the players will click into gear and the fact that they've been marmalizing us for the last year. You know, every time we've played Man City the last year, there's only been one team winning yeah, the game. It's been embarrassing. The mate. season before we you know, the couple of seasons before that we were doing okay. Um, you know, we, we were winning or drawing. But the last two times Pep has just absolutely scored Pock terribly yeah. and I hope that that galvanizes the squad and the manager enough that you know we we've thrown enough monkeys off of our back over the years. We now need to address this. You know, we need to put a put a marker down. I think if we can get a good result against City, the momentum of that can carry us through. Uh, I think if you can get a good, you know, like you said, if we can come back, hit the ground running, win those games. Then all of a sudden, the seven and twenty-one can be carried through purely on momentum, but it is a concern. It's got to be. You look at the injuries we have. We, you look at the amount of players away on international duty. You imagine that both Harry and Toby go down injured, and all of a sudden, these seven games coming up is just going to be hell. Yeah, they're tough, tough ones. I mean, like I know we beat West Ham uh, last season. Was it three-two at their ground yeah. in the league? But they, like they. they and I, and I, I know we use this to wind them up, but it, it is their cup final. They yeah. hate us with a passion. They, they, they the play fans, like it. Yeah. Oh, they just they rate they rate they playing Spurs for West Ham is the biggest game in the league for them in the season, and they can the West Ham uh, any West Ham fan can deny that, but it's so patently obvious when you know you, you see a, like how much they, like they normally do well against us, don't they? You know, I remember yeah. Upton Park we had a bit of a struggle. I know obviously they've moved now, but. It's just a really tough one. I mean, we've got some real tough fixtures coming up, and you're right. If we can get some decent results, then hopefully that will give us the real impetus to really yeah. kick on. But yeah, in- injuries are they're a worry, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I'm expecting our League Cup 
team to be very, yeah. very um, academy driven. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. Um, I think Pock is just going to say, look, I'm sorry, but you know, look at the squad, look at the fixtures, mm. we look at the injuries we've got. Uh, who West Ham field? And I think West Ham, uh, this is going to sound disparaging, I think West Ham should be playing their full strength side in the League Cup. Because I think West Ham should be focusing on winning the League Cup. Yeah. Um, I don't think they will. I think we will see a bit of a mix simply because they know that we are going to have to mix our team up. So we shall see what that brings. Uh, mate, I've got one last thing to talk about. I'm conscious of the time we're recording, so I will rattle through it quick. And I apologise to Marty in advance. Uh, Marty asked, commented, and sent us a message. Marty wanted us to make this point on the podcast. On Saturday, the 14th of October 2017, a 3 pm kickoff, we played Bournemouth at Wembley. The game was pretty dull. We won 1 0. The attendance for that game, however, was 73,502. Basically, 12 months later, so the most recent fixture on the 6th of October, 3 pm kickoff on a Saturday again, we played Cardiff, Wembley. Again, it was a pretty dull 1 0 win. This time, however, it was watched by just 43,268. That means there were 30,234 less fans there. To put that in a little bit of perspective for everybody, the reduced capacity of White Hart Lane was 31,200 during that restoration. So, just shy of the reduced capacity of White Hart Lane were missing one year on at Wembley. Um, Marty just basically wanted it to be discussed. He wanted to see what we thought about it. Now, I actually have done a little bit of research into this, and I think I've cracked it. I think okay. I know why it is. Uh, I'll give you first first shot at it. Do you think do you reckon you might know why? Well, I've got a feeling what might be contributing to it is um, we, so as a season ticket holder, we obviously uh, uh, before the season started, we was under the impression that that the stadium would be open for the first game. So yep. we've, we've, we've bought our season ticket and obviously as every game's transpiring that it's not at the new stadium, uh, they, 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 the club are refunding us one nineteenth of every game. Yep. And then that money basically just gets transferred back into our bank account and then we get first dibs on buying the game, uh, buying the, um, uh, the, the, our own seat that we had last season at Wembley and if we don't want that then we can sit somewhere else. Yeah. But, and so, games are priced in categories. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and so we we um, so like for example, last season I've got nineteen games on my season ticket. I want to go to all nineteen games. This season, I'm basically I'm just buying a paper ticket if I want to go. And I've obviously they've refunded the money for me. And I didn't want. Yep. I've been to the Liverpool game. Uh, was at the game at the weekend uh, against uh, Cardiff, but I'm not going to the Man City game, for example, because I get home so late and I've got to be up in the morning to take my kids to school. So, I, and also I've got a feeling it's going to go horribly wrong for us. So I thought I just I'll watch it on television. It's a Monday Monday night. I watch it at home on TV. So that's one person. I know I'm only one person, not thirty thousand. Well, if a lot I, of people share my attitude. Well, I I, I believe genuinely now you are the reverse of what the vast majority have done. Okay. So when they were refunded money for Cardiff and Man City, the Man City game is a Category A ticket. Yeah. The amount of money refunded for that game does not cover a Category A ticket. Yeah. Category, I think it's B or whatever, for Cardiff, obviously was slightly less than what was refunded. I think people simply didn't go. I think season ticket holders went, well, I'll go to the Man City game, that's going to be the better game. Mm-hmm. And didn't go. And yeah. from what I've read and the little bit of research I've done, 
20-something thousand season ticket holders didn't attend. So that's 20-something thousand people who have a season ticket for this season did not attend the Cardiff game. Yeah. And that it, is the only explanation I can think of, that, yeah, it, that, it, that it, number. It's true, Sam. It's, it's like, in, in effect, they're effectively... There aren't any season ticket holders for these games, in effect, yeah, exactly, aren't they? Yeah, you're yeah, basically yeah. Re- you're refunding what is it, forty two thousand people, their thousand fans, their yeah. money, and, and then saying, you, you, yeah, yeah. So you you basically got a ninety thousand seat stadium, and you and everyone's no one's obliged to go. Whereas last yeah, well, season you had the season tickets that were obliged e- to go because they've got their ticket. Even the manager talked about it, how shocked he was, at how little support showed up. Yeah. Now. Because it's Wembley, it always looks worse. Yeah. The attendance was 43,268, so that is still higher than White Hart Lane's capacity was before the renovations. You know, White Hart Lane was 36 and odds is. So the attendance was still higher than that, but in Wembley, it it literally, it's half full. I I didn't, I didn't, Sam, honestly, I was there, mate, and I I didn't feel like, oh, this is, this is, Empty. It was the the top um, the top tier was completely empty. Like what yeah. in what they should have done in the, they did they've done this in games last season. They they just block off a lot of the seats. They should have basically yeah. closed the block the top tier off, blacked it all off. With, you know, like they normally do with some blocks of it, and then yeah. just concentrate on the on the on the the yeah. middle and the lower because it it kind of like where I was because I'm only, I'm on the lower tier. Like so I'm only sixteen seventeen rows from the gut back of the goal so I'm in the lower tier so where I am it's all full there you yeah. know and, and then the middle tier is full but when you sort of look up into the into the top bit you can see that it's yeah. all empty and I guess from from a, if you was for example sitting in the, in um, the Club Wembley or, or that kind of view you would <laughs> look and be like it looks so empty Club <laughs> but it would it would look a lot emptier than I think it did from my perspective because where, for, genuinely yeah. and I mean this from where I was sitting the, the thought never crossed my mind that this, this looks pathetically empty it, it didn't now, on on TV it was awful really yeah. really did, didn't come across well but look mm. my friend that's everything that's everything we had to talk about this week I think we could probably fire another hour into this if we didn't <laughs> have other stuff to do um but yeah, I mean, basically, that's it this week. Uh, we are back next week, of course, uh, recording again on a Thursday, I think. I don't know whether anyone else is going to make a special appearance next week. I think, <laughs> I think I've got more chance of you know winning the lottery than Laura showing up on here anytime soon. But uh, uh, Dan might. Dan, I did try and get Dan to invest in a new microphone, but I think yeah. there's something in the name Daniel, which means you just don't want to invest in something. <laughs> But anyway, moving on swiftly, I will speak to you again next week, my friend. Big thank you to everybody for listening. I am gone. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.